Welcome to First Formation, a weekday podcast for high church lowlifes like me, Logan Isaac, looking to get the fuck up and pray. This is where Pew Pew HQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hearty folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. A podcast for anyone who cares for soldiers and veterans enough to follow us into the mud and the suck. To hear the good news through grunts and with grunts, in the unity of the Holy Spirit as one church forever and ever. Fall in. Psalm 134 Come, bless the Lord, all you servants of the Lord, who stand by night in the house of the Lord. Lift up your hands to the holy place and bless the Lord. May the Lord, maker of heaven and earth, bless you from Zion. Exodus chapter 24, verses 1 through 11. Then he said to Moses, Come up to the Lord, you and Aaron, Nadab and Abihu, and seventy of the elders of Israel, and worship at a distance. Moses alone shall come near the Lord, but the others shall not come near, and the people shall not come up with him. Moses came and told the people all the words of the Lord and all the ordinances, and all the people answered with one voice and said, All the words that the Lord has spoken we will do. And Moses wrote down all the words of the Lord. He rose early in the morning and built an altar at the foot of the mountain and set up twelve pillars, corresponding to the twelve tribes of Israel. He sent young men of the people of Israel who offered burnt offerings and sacrificed oxen as offerings of well-being to the Lord. Moses took half of the blood and put it in basins, and half of the blood he dashed against the altar. Then he took the book of the covenant and read it in the hearing of the people. And they said, All that the Lord has spoken we will do, and we will be obedient. Moses took the blood and dashed it on the people and said, See the blood of the covenant that the Lord has made with you in accordance with all these words. Then Moses and Aaron and Nadab and Abihu and the seventy of the elders of Israel went up, and they saw the God of Israel. Under his feet there was something like a pavement of sapphire stone, like the very heaven for clearness. God did not lay his hand on the chief men of the people of Israel. Also, they beheld God, and they ate and drank. The Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 1 through 14. After these things, Jesus showed himself again to the disciples by the Sea of Tiberias, and he showed himself in this way. Gathered there together were Simon Peter, Thomas, called the twin, Nathaniel of Cana in Galilee, the sons of Zebedee, and two others of his disciples. Simon Peter said to them, I'm going fishing. They said to him, We will go with you. But they went, they went out and go, got into the boat. But that night they caught nothing. Just after daybreak, Jesus stood on the beach. But the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. Jesus said to them, Children, you have no fish, have you? They answered him, No. He said to them, Cast a net to the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast it, and now they were not able to haul it in because there were so many fish. That disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on some clothes, for he was naked, and jumped into the sea. But the other disciples came in the boat, dragging the net full of fish, for they were not far from the land, only about a hundred yards off. When they had gone ashore, they saw 
a charcoal fire there with fish on it and bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish that you have caught. So Simon Peter went aboard and hauled the net ashore, full of large fish, 153 of them. And though there were so many, the net was not torn. Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. Now none of the disciples dared to ask him, Who are you? Because they knew it was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them, and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus appeared to the disciples after he was raised from the dead. Good morning and welcome to the third Wednesday of Eastertide. This is Brother Logan Isaac broadcasting from the Appalachian Abbey in Knoxville, Maryland. This morning's readings come to us from uh, possibly the shortest Psalm, 134, as well as Exodus 24 and John 21. Uh, the, the two narrative readings from Exodus and John were a little bit longer. Um, and in Exodus, I did not know this passage was a thing, um, but it, it describes how um, the two of the elders, well, what is it, 70, 72 of the elders, go up and basically break bread and get to see God. Um, the and, he, and God has something like a pavement of sapphire stone, like the very heaven for clearness. Um, so others have seen God, uh, not just Moses. Um, God appears to the 70 and Nadab and Abihu and Aaron and Moses. Um, and that's really rare. The, the going idea is that if you see God, you're going to die um, because it's just too much. And this is uh, when in another time when Moses is told that God is going to reveal himself to Moses. Um, Moses is like, and Isaiah as well. Woe is me, for I have seen the Lord, um, and I come from people unclean lips, yada, yada, yada. Um, and I don't know if we've ever actually seen that happen in the Bible. The Israelites believed it would happen, that if you saw God, you would die instantly, but I'm not sure it's happened. More often than not, people have seen God rather than seeing and then dying instantly. Um, and then in John, it's also about appearances. Um, Jesus appears to the disciples. Um, and here, um, the uh, like with the road to Emmaus, um, they don't recognize Jesus until he does something that they know only Jesus would or could do. In this, uh, in this story, um, he tells them where to fish in order to get a large haul. Um, and they don't say anything about the fact that they know that it's Jesus. Um, and it's not the first time. In fact, it's the, the third time that Jesus has appeared to the disciples. And so I'm not sure if it's that they don't remember the first time or maybe his appearances are shifting. Um, but the, uh, especially after the, the resurrection, people have difficulty recognizing his physical appearance. But then once... Um, once he does something, breaks bread, speaks, performs a miracle, then they realize who it is. Um, and so the, the theme seems to be appearances, um, how we appear to one another, um, and the extent to which 
that's dependent upon just, you know, the exterior presentation. So God's features are never described. And I don't think Jesus' were either. Um, but nobody ever doubts God's appearance. Um, but they do with the Son, with Jesus. Um, and that to me isn't, or that, to me that seems um, reasonable. I wonder if that's alarming to people, that he seems to be a chameleon, like he changes faces or whatever, clothes, I don't know. Um, but that to me speaks to the importance of character, who Jesus was, both, you know, theologically as well as like, you know, what he did wasn't dependent upon exterior features. Um, because he looked a certain way, that isn't what made Jesus Jesus any more than it does us. Um, and we know this. We know that racism and uh, xenophobia and other phobias, they're based upon external appearances, what we think about someone based upon how they look, whether that's skin color, um, gender, sex, um, or even with uh, sexuality, when we think someone is supposed to be one way, say, because we see a man, they we think that that man is supposed to be attracted to women and that appearance um, fades away, we, we can become alarmed and that's when our, our phobias kind of kick in. Um, and uh, I, I see these appearances of somebody who doesn't look like what they're used to him looking like, I see them as a reminder that who we are isn't based upon what other people immediately think. It's based upon who we have become and the kind of people we are. Jesus is the kind of person that performs miracles. He's the kind of person that breaks bread with with one another. Um, He's the kind of person um, that the disciples have come to know certainly to include his appearance, and that's what trips them up, but not only his appearance. God is the kind of God that interacts in the way God does. And just to kind of piggyback on what I was saying earlier, it's my impression that the people um, had the idea that to see God, they would die. And that does not appear to be the case time and again. They've prejudged uh what God is or who God is such that they are afraid of seeing God because it will kill them. And certainly God does kill people. This happens. He gets, God gets upset when a couple of people touch the Ark of the Covenant, when David's bringing it into Jerusalem. You know, there's all these instances. Um, and God the Father is not the same kind of person that God the Son is, um, even though they are essentially the same. Um, <clears throat> so appearances are are fleeting uh, and they are also on, in the eye of the beholder what people think of, of me um, does not necessarily mean that that is who I am it's just that you know, that's people's interpretation of my action we will be judged by what's inside um, and that to me speaks of who we are and what we are and, and um, the kind of people that we've become as a result of the actions that we've taken. Um, and it's a reminder to, to look better.
beneath the surface, beneath skin color, beneath um, sex or gender, um, and and to assess people based on what Martin Luther King called the content of their character, who they are, what they've done. Um, do we have reason to believe certain things about people based on um, what they look like and our own interpretation of them based on our own kind of insecurities? Or do we look at what we know and what we know they've done and the kind of person that we can, we can trust them to be? We can trust Jesus to perform miracles. In fact, we're supposed to. We shouldn't be asking for them. And, and we can trust God to reveal God's self to us and, not, and we won't die. Um, even if we might think otherwise. Even if we think, for example, even if we think Jesus is you know, blonde-haired, blue-eyed, um, the, there's this Lutheran church in Jerusalem. I still remember this clear as day. This is blonde-haired, blue-eyed Jesus in their, their um, stained-glass windows. And as German Lutherans, um, I, can, I guess I can see that. Um, we can trust Jesus to um, perform miracles. We can trust Jesus to um, seek out the lost, um, to, to preach good news to the poor and the oppressed. We can trust God to reveal God's self to us. Um, but it's up to each of us individually to be the kind of people that uh, others can trust will do the right thing when it comes time. Um, because that's ultimately what it means to be human, to be Christian, is to um, act in accordance with the way that God has made the world. Um, and, the God, and it may be difficult to do good, but it's something that we're called to do. By being good, we become good, and we become trustworthy. We become the kind of people that others want to associate with, that others want to um, enter into community and communion with. Um, not based on our appearance, um, but based on something deeper, based on something um, just below the surface that we have to um, kind of, such that we have to put our, our prejudices, our expectations aside, and and um, welcome the the um, the truth of who other people are through um, relationship, through through time, um, and to not just look at the, the surface, not to just look on appearances and our own insecurities, but to trust in something deeper than that. Prayer for Social Justice from the Book of Common Prayer. Grant, O God, that your holy and life-giving spirit may so move every human heart, especially the hearts of the people of this land, that barriers which divide us may crumble, suspicions disappear, and hatred cease, that our divisions being healed, we may live in justice and peace. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Thank you for falling in to First Formation, where PewPewHQ shares morning prayers for the humble, hardy folk caught in the crosshairs of God and country. If you like what you've heard, I hope you'll consider participating in one of the three following ways. First, you can support the podcast with a monthly contribution at anchor.fm slash firstformation 
slash support. You can sponsor morning prayer for Pew Pew people with as little as a dollar a month, and you can cancel at any time if I piss you off. Second, you can become a co-host by recording a weekday lectionary reading yourself and sending it to me to be included in an episode of your choosing. Instructions for co-hosts will be provided to you directly, and you don't have to be a grunt to participate in first formation in this or any way. Finally, and most importantly, you can send me your prayer requests of a minute or less with a recording app of your choice. Prayers may be added to a morning prayer episode, aired anonymously, if you wish, or kept private for me to pray for off-air. So there you have it. Three ways to participate in morning prayers for Pew Pew people. I hope you'll continue to listen in and maybe even consider participating yourself. This has been Logan Isaac, always faithful, always family. Semper Familia.